cliffcentral.com. Coming up is a guy who, who probably has this problem all the time, by the way. And he's also been super successful. Great, handsome face. Yeah. George Meany. He hates it when you say that, though. Here's George. Hey, George, what's happening, man? Hey, Gareth. How's it going? That's why I rather look at cars. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. so self-effacing all right you own it george that uh giving you a compliment it's uh it's it's more than i get out of him every week all right so what's 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 happening with you george how are things going yeah no things are going well uh i mean freezing cold as you know cool. you're in joburg so uh she's, cool. I, I i i had to i had to try and day before yesterday i think it was i had to try and take a um a picture of the roof of my house because I want to fit a few more solar panels. And uh, um, so I try to take my drone up um, to take this picture of my house. Yes. And as the drone uh, went past the roof of the houses, because, you know, you yeah. live in a street that houses on either sides, it's a bit protected. Uh-huh. My drone just blew into my neighbor's house. Oh, shit. Uh, oh. So strong. I landed it so quickly. Uh, it landed next to a tree. It just it, it barely missed the trunk of the tree. Hold on. Uh, and can you can you tell us the story in a more dramatic fashion? Because these rich people's problems are just for our audience. It's just too much. It's too much. But also, my, my solar panel that I, I've got to put more solar panels on my roof to become more yeah. energy independent. And my drone, it almost went into my neighbor's. Oh. But I managed to land it in time. It, it could also be it could also be a cover up for spying on your neighbor, George. No, mm-hmm. but George, you are you are Iron Man. I've thought about you. One of the one of my favorite moments ever in Cliff Central uh, and the GCS history. There was a time when we had uh, who's that uh, who's that devilishly handsome guy who lives in Holland again? Who's your friend? The model oh, guy. Oh yes. Oh, uh, hi, hi Rob. Hi Rob. Hi Rob. Yeah. Hi Rob was on the on the show, and uh, George, like we revealed George, but George, you came on, and we were all on the stream, and you were, I think, at a hangar, and it was the biggest flex in the world. And after that day, I said, I said, this guy's Iron Man, and now you've literally just confirmed that. <laughs> I'm putting more solar panels on my house while I take my drone out, which George probably controls with his eyes, like a cyclop thing. That's awesome. George, you are friggin' awesome, dude. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's alien. I don't know. I don't know. Gareth, uh, Gareth can tell. I, I, he speaks I about Zuckerberg all the time. You might be an alien. I mean, you, you, you know, you've, you've done um, some pretty impressive things for a human being. I, I think there might be some alien uh, involved here. All right, so, George, let's be serious for a second. You managed to land your, your drone because those things are expensive. And if, you'd, if it had gone into the neighbor's yard, you would have not only been embarrassed because they would have thought you were trying to spy on them, but you also would have ruined a, an expensive piece of machinery, which, I mean, you're an actual pilot as well. So it would have yeah. been very embarrassing if you'd crashed a drone because then people would say, well, we're definitely not flying with this guy if he can't fly a drone, right? So the stakes, the stakes exactly. are high. I, I had to land it very quickly. The winds were just unbelievable. The, so the drain, the drone. Is this yesterday? Uh, day before yesterday. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, I haven't. I must be honest with you. I haven't really ventured too much out of the house in the last two or three days. I, I bought the propaganda that it was going to be the coldest two or three days ever, and I've just stayed indoors. I've, I've barely mm. gone outside. I think I crossed between our office. And Bolello's new studio yesterday, and it was enough to that was enough to freeze me. No, it's 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 proper cold, proper cold. Yeah. It's, uh, I think it was minus five last night. What happens if you're? It's the coldest in a decade, by the way. Really? Cutting. 
Really, really? Yeah. Sure. I'm, mm. I'm, somehow I remember 2010 World Cup being much colder, but maybe that's just because there was some event around it that I was going out at night. Because <laughs> you were outside. Yeah. So, George, just from a, a purely um, an, an, an interest point of view, flying at, at low temperatures, is there a difference when it's very cold if you're flying a plane to when it's moderate or, or warm? Yes. So in, in non-cold front conditions like this, mm -hmm. uh, so take the cold front out of the picture, cold weather um, um, has got smoother air because the air is denser. Mm -hmm. Um, and the and the plane performs better because the air is denser. You know, cold air, the molecules are, are closer together. Right. So, so winter flying is actually much more pleasant than summer flying, and uh, and one of the reasons is the heat from the earth as the as the ground heats up causes um, uh, upward airflow, which okay. then causes bumps. So. Mm. Uh, Cold weather is, is much more pleasant to fly in, but a, a, a cold front like this is not pleasant to fly in. I went to fly on Wednesday morning at sunrise, and usually at sunrise it's smooth. Mm. Uh, it wasn't smooth at sunrise on Wednesday morning because of this cold front. It just it, there's, there's a lot of wind around even right. with the cold front. Just quickly, some people correcting me. Uh, I'm, clearly, I'm an idiot. Hamin says 2010 was 10 years ago. Obviously, they left out, Hamin left out a, the word moron there because that's what she meant. And Gareth also <laughs> saying 2010 was more than a decade ago. But I do remember it was cold, so give me credit for that. If it was a decade ago and it was the coldest in that decade, or at least at the end of it, then my, my internal temperature check is not bad because I immediately <laughs> came up with I'm just trying to look for the, the silver lining. So. You got the last word. You got the last word, and that's what's important. Yes, correct. So in the Karoo, it's gone from four-inch cold to two-inch cold, according to Michael. That's how cold it is there. Hmm. All right. So, all right, George, what do you got for us today? Well, uh, uh, Gareth, do you you know electric cars are, are very dangerous, very high voltage uh, in terms of what, uh, what drives them to drive mm -hmm. that electric motor? There's lots of high voltage, and uh, you've heard before that uh, if you see an orange cable inside an electric car's makings, don't touch it. So if a car, an electric car is an accident, chances of you getting electrocuted are there because of these high voltage cables. So the question begs, can you drive an electric car? Can you wade it through water? You know, you can wade other cars mm. through can you wade an electric car through water? Because uh, um, uh, if you don't keep an internal combustion engine car moving through water, you get what's called a hydrostatic lock, where the engine sucks water into its uh, um, um, internal workings, mm -hmm. and, uh, and the thing won't start again. Whereas an electric car is very different. You don't suffer from this hydrostatic lock because there's nothing to suck the water in. Um, so the question is, do you get electrocuted? And the answer is no. Well, especially according to Tesla, they test their cars driving through deep water. And right. uh, there is apparently, according to Tesla, no risk of electrocution. Oh, well, now I'll buy one. And, and Leanne, <laughs> just as long as you remember what George said there, do not touch the orange cable, okay? Very important. <laughs> Yeah, I'll remember that. Yeah, try. <laughs> don't touch the orange cable. And then here's a silly story. I, I don't know what happens in the UK, but uh, uh, they, they sometimes they are too politically correct. Oh, yeah. A BMW radio ad was banned in the UK because the car was revving in what the Advertising Standards Authority said was an in irresponsible manner. What? Oh, my gosh. So this radio they, ad was… Have they been was to Durban? <laughs> 
Exactly. Apparently, the ASA rules, the Advertising Standards Authority rules for automotive advertising in the UK apparently forbids any reference to performance, handling, or actions that might otherwise depict a car as exciting. Have they ever driven an electric car? No. My God, what would they say about James Bond, honestly? Well, this is the point. You couldn't make James Bond today. You also, by the way, if you wanted to invent flying these days, you couldn't because the health and safety people would stop you if you were the Wright brothers trying to fly a piece of car. Oh. If you were trying to invent the car right now, no one would allow you to because the health and safety people would get in the way. Oh, you can't go at more than 10 kilometers an hour anywhere. No, no, no. This is going to kill people. This is the world we live in now. Innovation is going to be destroyed by the people who are trying to keep you safe. Unless it's Elon Musk. So, uh, He's rich enough um, to not care. Here's a serious story, though, Gareth, and that is, uh, t- you know, Toyota, South Africa produces cars in our country. Yes. Uh, or should I say assembles cars? So the Japanese auto manufacturing giant, Toyota, uh, raised grave concerns over the business's environment in KZN following the incidents of looting. Oh. And uh, a letter was written. Uh, uh, Toyota's regional office uh, for Africa, a letter was written and uh, uh, they expressed grave concerns and said the closure of the Toyota South Africa manufacturing operations jeopardizes the company's future sustainability. Now, everybody knows, well, I hope everyone knows, I've said it so many times, that uh, 60% of our manufacture in South Africa is exported to Europe Mm -hmm. and other countries. With Toyota South Africa's manufacturing operations being closed in Durban, what does that do to our exports? The export volumes uh, for our country are incredibly high. Now, Toyota is also building up to, uh, um, to produce new energy vehicles in South Africa. Mm. What's going to happen to that? And then also with the ports having closed and the N3 having closed – uh, Toyota expressed concern. So, so the uh, the the troubles that have happened in, in the country over the last couple of weeks have got a, a deeper consequences than. Yeah, of course uh, they do. Than I think you know what I've got to give I've got to give Toyota credit because even though those are very um, they're very careful and considered comments, the fact is what they should be doing is sending Cyril a, a, a letter to say, listen, fuckhead. Get your shit sorted out because you are ruining things for us to be able to do business in this country. That's what they should be doing. But, of course, you know, being responsible corporates and not idiots like me, they won't say such dumb things. Um, but really, like, the people don't seem to understand, like, the consequences and the costs of what happened last week, this loss of power and authority by government, this clear abdication of responsibility with respect to keeping people and property safe. That's the whole reason we have a government, guys. If you aren't able to do that, there's no reason for us to pay tax. There's no reason for you to take up space. And there's certainly no reason for you to have a blue light brigade. So Toyota are correct, and they're being very diplomatic about it. But the underlying message is get your shit together. Well, uh, in Toyota's letter from uh, Amai, he said, uh, while the local Toyota management team has been working closely with the leadership of Etiquini, they, the government, are unable to provide us with a clear directional plans on how the city intends to bring stability and order back to the city. Because they don't know how. They wouldn't know, they wouldn't know a good idea if it jumped out of their Rice Krispies this morning. Unfortunately. <laughs> and then, and then finally, uh, here's a, here's a really positive story. Um, uh, tire, uh, fitters um, mm-hmm. and specifically Tire Mart has jumped onto this uh, bandwagon um, and uh, they will not fit tires that you bring into the store unless you can prove where you bought it. 
Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And Might was, help with, re- is, with retrades, eh? Yeah. Well, no, that's helping with if it was a looted tire. It was tire. looted. That's it. Ah. So, uh, so good on the tire industry for uh, taking the stand, and that's uh, uh, after the uh, TEPA, the um, Tire Equipment Parts Association, suggested that all good tire idea. fitters honor the same. And that's, uh, that's not something you can do yourself, right, fit a tire. You need machinery. No, uh, you do definitely need machinery. Yeah. Uh, I see somebody with, uh, hmm. with uh, what do you call that thing? Um, a big piece of steel bar trying to fit a tire onto a rim. Yeah, what is that thing called? That's a pretty amazing piece of machinery. I've watched them doing that. It's phenomenal. It's really cool to and, watch. Uh, yeah, you can't do it with a, without a machine, Leanne. Oh. Mm. Very well, difficult. Well, Leanne, well, although, I mean, you, you've got a robot assistant in your uh, Iron Man basement that just kind of comes yeah, in, does course, it for your car, and then it gets back yeah. in the in its box. <laughs> oh, I've just remembered. I saw a, a TikTok video of a woman who was giving out tips. So what you do is you ha- you go to a car rental company and mm-hmm. you rent out the car that's exactly like yours and you swap out the tires. <laughs> <laughs> How bad. That's so clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would have a really, really devious mind to do that. That's wow. so bad. So I mean, I would never have thought of that. That's so brilliant. I mean, you could do it. It'll take, it, take an hour or two, right? You take it home. You have to you have to jack each uh, each wheel up, and then you take them. That's such a clever. Wow, that's clever. I wonder how many other parts and rental cars have disappeared in this way. Gee, that's clever. I mean, you've got a mm-hmm. computer box in a car. I'm missing an aerial. Someone stole my aerial. Perhaps I could. Uh, mm. Yeah. I mean, all the. Uh, I, suppose, I mean, I know. Let me not give anybody ideas here. Well, Sindile uh, and uh, Zach have both got interesting comments here. First of all, easiest thing to do in the township, says Sindile. That's uh, that's obvious. And then uh, Zach says, guys, people put tires on by themselves in the townships. There's no fancy machinery. So yeah, that's a mm. good point. You got to have. I think. I think the. I think the the the, the slang term for it is a guala. Um, <laughs> oh, there's med, there's med, good medication for that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, George? No, that's it. Thanks. All right. Cliffcentral.com.